1. We just finished Mark chapter 1. I'm going to start in Mark chapter 1, but put your finger um, on Leviticus 14 because we're also going to go there. Please rise for the reading of God's Word. And if you need a Bible, please raise your hand, either Spanish or English. Uh, raise your hand. So we're going to first do Mark chapter 14. Ah, wow, you guys are good. It's Leviticus 14, Mark chapter 1, and then we are going to go to Leviticus chapter 14. But first, please turn with me, Mark 1. Verse 40, Mark chapter 1, verse 40, says this, now a leper came to Jesus. Imploring him, meaning begging him. kneeling down to him and saying to him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And then Jesus, moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. Verse 42 as soon as he, Jesus, had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him, and he was cleansed. And he strictly warned him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go your way. This is important. Show yourself to the priest and offer your, for your cleansing those things which Moses commanded as a testimony to them. However, he went out and began to proclaim it freely and to spread the matter so that Jesus could no longer openly enter the city but was outside in deserted places and they came to him from every direction. Now, if you could go back to Leviticus 14, which Jesus references in Mark 1, and go to four, chapter 14. We're just going to read the first one and a half verses. Leviticus 14 verse 1 says, May, Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, This shall be the law of the leper for the day of his cleansing. Let's pray. Father, I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name. We came here, Lord, for an encounter with you, Lord. And I pray, Lord, if there's a man or woman or child in this room who didn't come for that purpose, would you change their heart? Would you do a redirect? Would you do a, uh, as everyone seems to be saying here in, in 2022, a pivot in their heart? So, Lord, that they uh, are thirsting, so they are desiring greatly with passion an encounter with you. Would you do that? with us, with me, this morning. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, you may be seated. You know, I, I just neglected to pray for the folks in Florida. Let's pray for them too. Father, I just thank you in Jesus' name for... Uh, the fact that you're always with us, you never leave us or forsake us, and regardless of what uh, state or place this country is in, uh, Lord, we may deserve a, a, a hurricane to go through and destroy everything, but you're a God of mercy and you have had mercy. I do pray for an awakening there and here. I pray for folks, uh, Lord, and, and including, I think, some that we know, uh, that they are recovering, their houses are flooded, their houses are destroyed, they, they're in a time of, uh, of great need. Would you meet them? Would you meet them, Lord? I also pray um, for our brothers and sisters in Haiti as word got out um, yesterday or came to me yesterday that um, 
Another man who we know and love is in the custody of kidnappers, Lord. I just pray for him, Joel, that you would just bless him right there, wherever he is. Use him there. Glorify your name. I pray that you would be with his family. And Lord, even as we're here in the United States um, and, and a place where uh, kidnappers are not rushing into our house and kidnapping us, we still have a walk to walk with you. We either have a choice to obey or disobey, and it's much easier to disobey you here, Lord, because we have so much around us, as Dan was saying uh, in worship today. And so, Father, um, I, I pray for a move of your spirit, that it would be obedience, not disobedience, with we here in Calvary Chapel this morning, and I pray for all the cities, of, uh, rather, for all the churches in the city of Boston, that it would be the same thing, obedience and not disobedience. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. So, you know, in the 1960s, they did a movie called Ben-Hur. How many people have seen Ben-Hur? Uh, so if you've never seen Ben-Hur, I, 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 you know, once every decade I recommend a movie. I'm probably not into movies, but uh, I would recommend Ben-Hur. It's, uh, among other things, it, it, takes place, it takes place at the time of Christ, and it really, you could even call it a Christian movie, although it was, was made in Hollywood, but uh, it certainly gets people thinking about Jesus. Uh, I, I, I should rather f phrase it like that. It's not necessarily a Christian movie, but it'll get you thinking about Jesus. It'll get you glorifying Jesus, actually. By the end of the movie, you'll be praising him. Uh, but there is, uh, I don't know what you, if you called a subplot or something about lepers in Ben-Hur. And the advantage of seeing the movie Ben-Hur is that when you read stories about lepers, it really brings it to life. And, and I just feel like um, whoever produced that movie, uh, I, I really feel like the Lord was behind it because it really, uh, really brings the Bible to life in many respects because leprosy is a big deal in the Bible. It's a big deal. What is leprosy? Leprosy, I know there, there's doctors in this room. I, I am far from being a doctor. I don't think like a doctor, but I, I'm, I'm often surrounded by them. Leprosy is an infection caused by slow-growing bacteria called micro, Mycobacterium leprae, and it attacks the nerves. Primarily the nerves in your skin, in the skin, the eyes, and the lungs. But in the Bible, leprosy is a picture. It was placed by the writers of the Bible, by the Holy Spirit. You could say the writer of the Bible, God. The Bible says in the book of Timothy, all scripture is breathed by God. It's placed there, leprosy, in the Old Testament and the New Testament as a type of sin or a type of what happens with sin. A leper is a type of sinner, meaning it is a picture of the effects of sin. And sin is what? It's just rebellion. It's, sin is just saying no to God in one form or another. And it's the effects of saying no to God or ignoring God on the life of a man or a woman. So in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 6, uh, there's a description um, of, a, uh, of a sinner. In this case, it's, it's, it's Israel as a whole, but it's just taken. It's taken really from the picture of what happens to a leper, someone who is in advanced leprosy. It says, from the bottom of your feet, and this is talking about a sinner now. Actually, this is talking about you and me. <laughs> this is what this is talking about. Apart from a living, breathing, justif uh, justifying relationship with Jesus Christ. From the bottom of your feet, Isaiah 6, 1, 6 says, to the top of your head, there is no healthy spot left on your body, only bruises, sores, and fresh wounds. 
they haven't been cleansed, bandaged, or soothed with oil. You have allusions to leprosy like this, or references, you could say, to leprosy like this throughout the Bible, only it's not really talking about physical leprosy. It's talking about the leprosy brought about by rebellion against God, sin. In the Old Testament law, the Mosaic law, lepers were unclean, meaning they couldn't go into the temple. They couldn't go into the presence of God or be with his people. The Bible says that a sinner, contrary to a prevailing philosophy that's not true, the Bible says that a sinner, a human being apart from a saving relationship with Jesus Christ cannot go into the presence of God. It, it, it's not going to happen. This is hundreds of times in the Bible this is taught. Sin and rebellion against God has resulted in a judgment by God, a separation from God. Uh, leprosy, uh, uh, in the, uh, leprosy was a sentence of death. In the Bible, you got leprosy, you were going to die from it. Now today, Hansen's disease, which is, it's probably not exactly the same thing because diseases change over the years, but Hansen's disease or leprosy today can be arrested, meaning can be stopped, but I'm told that it, you can't completely purge the body of it. So leprosy was always cleansed. It was not healed. For example, when Jesus heals lepers in the New Testament, we read about that today. He cleanses them, it says, not heal them. Other, other sicknesses he heals, Klepper, leprosy he, he, he cleanses. The, in the same way with sin, sin can't be healed. It can't be healed. You know, when I'm in a, a, a marriage counseling and there's different kind of conflicts uh, the, the, in the marriage, there's unloving behavior, there's anger, there's, uh, there's uh, unfaithfulness. You can't heal those things. The cause is much deeper. It's sin. It's a cause. Most of the time in counseling, I, I, I'm emphasizing the cause, not the outward symptoms. With, with leprosy, uh, you, you start getting uh, wounds in your, in your skin. Your extremities may fall off. You can try as you may to try to uh, uh, work with these. It's not going to do any good. The leprosy, the bacteria is embedded into the body. That's what needs to be cleansed, purged from the body. You can't clean sin. It's got to be cleansed. Uh, G the Bible says in um, 1 John 1, 9, uh, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Leprosy, like sin, progresses slowly. Sometimes you can have leprosy for 20 years and not even know about it. And then all of a sudden, it, the symptoms start manifesting themselves. Sin is like this too. Sin is pleasurable for a season. And you can get it. What's well, all this stuff my parents were talking about? There's nothing wrong with fill in the blank. Drugs, sexual immorality, greed, lying, whatever. Until a person's marriage falls apart. Until their friends leave them. Until they uh, wind up you know, lying in a pool of vomit somewhere. Then all of a sudden it manifests itself. People in, in the early stages of leprosy, they don't even know that they have it. Many of you have seen pictures of lepers. They have lost their fingers, their toes, their nose, or part of them. It's actually not the leprosy that causes the finger and toes to fall off, and that's this. Leprosy, again, it, the bacteria attacks the nerves. It even kills the nerves. So if a leper gets a small cut on their finger or toe or nose, they don't really feel anything, um, and so they ignore it, and, and gangrene or, or whatever will, uh, will, will set in, and then all of a sudden they have to amputate it. And this is the same thing uh, that happens with, 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 with sin. It goes about for a while, and then 
And then all of a sudden, uh, it starts manifesting itself in people's lives. I'm, I'm told that as leprosy advances, um, it's, it, it keeps the, a man or woman restless in their soul. There's no physical pain, but it keeps them restless in their soul. There's a restlessness, a sadness, like a depression sets in. The same thing is true with sin and fallen man. A restlessness, a sadness caused by not knowing God, causing by a hopelessness because there's really nothing that they are hoping in. There's no, no, no understanding of purpose. Any thinking purpose, uh, rather, any thinking per, um, person who doesn't know God is going to come to the logical and correct conclusion that there's no purpose in life. Now, that causes restlessness. It causes anxiety it, 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 in the soul. Leprosy did the same thing. Leprosy defaces the physical body. A physical body uh, can be a beautiful thing. God created it, right? It defaces it. Sin defaces the image of God in a man or woman. Very beginning of the Bible, Genesis chapter 2, verse 26, God said, let us make man in our image. And then it goes on and says, therefore, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. But sin defaces, meaning it corrupts, it corrodes, it defaces the image of God in a human being. With, again, with leprosy, you can treat those outward symptoms, but the problem is, is deep within. So leprosy, a type of sin, a picture of sin in the Bible. So as we're in uh, Leviticus chapter 14 here, uh, man, you go through chapters 13 and 14, it's all about the law of leprosy, and chapter 14 goes into incredible detail. And, you know, one of the reasons you read, uh, p- folks read Leviticus and they go, the part of it is they go, why, 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 why? What relevance does this have? And we're going to get into some of the detail. And by the way, it's just so interesting because it's really not found anywhere else. Many of the detail of the sacrifices that are done here, the Jewish sacrifices, are not in any of the other sacrifices. And, and like, what's up with this, especially... Especially considering this, scholars say, they tell us, Bible scholars, people who go into great deal researching, tell us, prior to Jesus Christ, this chapter was never done. No one ever did this chapter. What is this chapter? It says, um, again, verse one, it says, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, this is the law of the leper for the day of his cleansing. Meaning, there was never a leper cleansed. So they never had to do this. The priests never did this. So why, oh why, oh why (laughs) is all the detail put here? And the reason is this. The reason is very clear because there was coming a day when Messiah, when the Son of God was coming to earth, the promised Savior, and a leper would be cleansed by Jesus Christ, and that leper would be told after he was cleansed, as you and I read this morning, verse 44 of Mark 1, go and show yourself to the priest as a testimony to him, to them. That's why it was done. That's why all the trouble was made going through all this meticulous detail, all of which, the detail of which points to Jesus Christ. In the last, ba- uh, last chapter of the book of Luke, I read it a couple of weeks ago when we were in the resurrection. We just uh, finished uh, the book of Mark and the last two chapters were about the crucifixion and the resurrection. I've entitled this sermon, Mark chapter 16, part five. 
because this is really, again, pointing to what happened in the last couple chapters of the book of Mark, where Jesus suffered an indescribably painful, physically and emotionally and psychologically, death, and then he, he rose again. But when he rose again, in the, in the last chapter of the book of Luke, it says he appeared to two men, and he asked them, why are you so sad? Because they were walking away from Jerusalem. And they said to him, are you a stranger in Jerusalem and you don't know what's happened there? The Messiah, the, savior, the, the one who we thought was Messiah and Savior came, but our own leaders, our own elders crucified him. And now he is no more. And Jesus said to them, oh, how slow in heart you are to believe and understand that all the scripture said it had to be like this. And so they took, they took them, he took them, he took the two men, it says through the whole book of Moses, meaning uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, and then the prophets, and it says that Jesus showed them everywhere where it talked about him. And so this would be one of the places in Leviticus 14. And so when, when Jesus cleansed that leper and that leper went to the, uh, the priests and the boy word would have got around what happened and they would have had to go through these very things in this chapter. So let's take a look. And I want to bring this with the help of the Lord to life for you. Hey, David, could you get me a water up here? A bottle of water, thank you. There's one in my knapsack, by the way. <laughs> you can ask my wife. So again, Leviticus 14, verse 1. Let's do this. It says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Thank you. This shall be the law of the leper for the day of his cleansing. He shall be brought to the priest. And the priest shall go out of the camp and the priest shall examine him and indeed if the leprosy is healed in the leper, then the priest shall command to take for him who is to be cleansed, two living and clean birds, cedar wood, scarlet, hyssop, and the priest shall command that one of the birds be killed in an earthen vessel over running water. As for the living bird, he shall take it, the cedar wood and the scarlet and the hyssop, and dip them and the living bird in the blood of the bird that was killed over the running water. And he shall sprinkle it in seven times on him who is to be cleansed from the leper, leprosy and shall pronounce him clean and shall let the living bird loose in the open field. And so, so important as I prayed and introduced our time this morning that God loves you he created you to love him. The greatest pleasure you'll ever have is to love and be loved by God. That's the greatest pleasure you'll ever have. He loves you. Notice here it says that The leprosy, the leper, verse 2, uh, pursuant to the law of leper on the day of his cleansing, he shall be brought to the priest, and it says, and the priest shall go out of the camp. Now, the Bible says that you have a priest. The whole priesthood was abolished and replaced, all the priests were replaced with one priest, and your priest who is your high priest, is Jesus Christ. 
So anything that you see a priest do in the Old Testament, it's all a, a shadow of the perfection that was to come, Jesus Christ. In the book of Hebrews, it says this, Hebrews 10 verses 12, it says, our high priest, meaning Jesus, offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins. Now that's talking about the cross. Jesus, our high priest, offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time, past, present, and future sins. So here it says that in verse three, the priest shall go out. The priest shall go out to find the person who has been cleansed from, lep le um, from leprosy or who will be cleansed. And in verse eight, it says that he is to be cleansed, shall wash his clothes, shave off um, all his hair, he'll wash himself in water that he may be clean, and after that he shall come into the camp. So the, the, the priest will bring the cleansed leper into the camp. The camp was the people of God. The camp was where the temple of God was. The camp was where the presence of God was. So it, it says again, first the priest went out of the camp and he came to get the leper. Jesus Christ left the glory of heaven where it says for all eternity he lived in the bosom of the Father listening to a voice that says, you are my son in whom I am well pleased. You give me exceedingly great joy. Jesus Christ left that to save you. To save you. That's what he did. He left, he, he left the camp and he went outside. He left the glory of heaven and he went to save you. Listen, we just finished Mark chapter 15 and 16. I got to tell you, all those years we spent on the, uh, rather all those weeks we spent on the, on the crucifixion, the one that moved me the most was uh, Mark chapter 15 verse 33 where it says that Jesus naked covered with wounds on the cross you could say covered with a leprosy on the cross because it was your sin and mine and it says from the sixth hour to the ninth hour darkness covered all of the land and that darkness was on the outside was a reflection of what was going on in, inside, in his heart. There was a darkness there. And, and, and by that I mean the presence of the Father, the hearing of that voice, you are my son in whom I am uh, 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 well pleased, had gone silent. He, it went silent. So Jesus does not, I, I can tell you, Calvary Chapel, he, he doesn't go on to, to give up his spirit and die and resurrect it from the dead and go to heaven only to stay, stay there and not save you. The only reason Jesus came to earth was to save you, to save sinners. That's the only reason. All his teachings and this kind of thing, that was only part of his saving plan. He didn't come as a teacher. Never let anyone told you, tell you that. That kind of thing is what I grew up with right here in, in, in churches in Massachusetts. That's not why Jesus came as a teacher. He came as your Savior because you have a leprosy problem. Because from the, the sole of your feet to the top of your head, you're, you're, co you're covered with sores. And, and, the, and the reason for that is something deep with it. Your rebellion against God. He came to save you. He, he says he left the camp. The priest leaves the camp to go get the leper and, and then he gathers him after the sacrifice and he takes him into the camp, into the presence of God. That's what Jesus does for you. That's what he did for most of you who are in, the, in this room. Some of you are holding out. God is patient. He suffers long, not willing any, that any should perish. But that is what he did for you.
It says again in verse 3, the priest shall go out of the camp and the priest shall examine him. And indeed, if the leprosy is healed in the leper, uh, then the priest shall command to take for him who is to be cleansed. There's actually a reference to healing, but then the, right after that, it's, it, 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 it actually gives what's really happening, cleansed. Two living birds and Two living and clean birds. So in the Old Testament, we see different kind of sacrifices. You have, to, you have to spend some time in the Old Testament to understand each one of them. Many of them are lambs, the lamb of God, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So there's lambs morning and evening giving as a, a burnt offering in the temple. But here, this is unusual, where the first animal to be brought are not lambs or bulls. They're birds. So it says that he brings two living and clean birds. And the priest shall command that one of the birds be killed in an earthen vessel over running water. So the bird is sacrificed, it's killed, and there's water, there's running water somehow underneath that's captured in a bowl or something. So the blood is going down into uh, uh, running water of this. Uh, um, and, and so what's really important here is, and this is unique here in, in, in Leviticus 14, who's doing the sacrifice? The priest is doing the sacrifice. The priest is doing what's necessary for the cleansing, you could say, in order to go into the temple. Let me tell you, if you try to do what's necessary to get yourself to heaven, let me save you a lot of trouble. Give up now. It's impossible. No amount of good works can make up for just our record of sin. It's, it just, it's, it's not going to happen. The, the Bible says that our hearts are desperately wicked beyond cure. Just the movements and motives of our hearts go into places that though man may say, oh, that's just nothing with God that's very serious. And so we can't do it. We can't save ourselves. We can't do the sacrifice. We can't do it. So it says here, the priest, and who's your priest? Let's, can we get that uh, verse again, Victoria? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 12. So important that remember. J Jesus, our high priest, offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins. Good for all time. I like that. Future sins as well. So the priest does this sacrifice, this unusual thing in the year 2022. We, we're not used to reading things like this. Takes a while, but after a while, as you read Leviticus in the Old Testament, you start getting used to this. Okay, this is pointing to Christ. This is pointing to the cross. This is pointing to the resurrection. And I'm trying to give you a taste of it. On Tuesday night, uh, every Tuesday night, we go through the uh, Old Testament chapter by chapter to build up our understanding of grace and the Lord. It says again in verse five, and the priest shall command that one of the, bir one of the birds be killed in an earthen vessel over running water. Verse six, and for the living bird, he shall take it, the cedar wood and the scarlet and the hyssop and dip them and the living bird and the blood of the bird that was killed over the running water. Hope you guys are starting to see, ah, so the living bird, there's a living bird and there's a bird that was killed and there's a bunch of blood that has come into water and they take some of the blood, uh, they take some of that water and blood and they, from the dead bird and they put it on the living bird. I hope that's just beginning to register for you. It took me a long time reading through the Old Testament to start, stuff starts registering. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there's no cleansing of your sin. 
The blood of Jesus cleanses you from your sin. It was necessary. This is pointing to that. You can't do the sacrifice yourself. It takes the blood of Jesus to cleanse you from your sin. Now that very, very fascinating thing about this, Leviticus chapter 14, is the water. Isn't that interesting? It takes water and blood from the dead bird, the blood from the dead bird mixed with uh, living water, running water, and puts it on the dead bird. Does anyone know what that's referring to? Maybe, kind of, sort of. What's that? Do I hear John chapter 19? Anybody? <laughs> John chapter 19. This is, says, but one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear. So this is after Jesus gave up his spear. And he's, he's dead now. One of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear and immediately blood and water came out. And he who has seen has testified and his testimony is true and he knows that he's telling the truth so that you may believe. Believe what? That Leviticus 14 was a foreshadowing of what was gonna be happening on the the cross. There was another uh, Old Testament prophecy, by the way, it says they will look upon the Messiah, the one whom they pierced. So here you have it. You know, that, so, so to the Jew who is familiar with Leviticus 14, who became a believer, remember all the first Christians, they were Jews. There's no, there no word Christian. They were Jews. They're Jewish people who believed in Jesus Christ. Uh, this is the kind of thing that would be very meaningful. And again, there we just read in John chapter 19, it says, look, I'm telling you this so you believe. He's the Messiah. Believe in him. To give your life to him. As Dan was saying today, awaken, awake, and believe in him. And if you're already a believer, awaken to the love that he has expressed towards you. It says in verse seven, oh, then this is the one that I, I, I really did. It got me jumping up and down. In my heart, when I, not literally, when I was reading this, probably, probably sometime in, uh, in the early spring of this year. He shall sprinkle it, meaning the blood, seven times on him who is to be cleansed from the leprosy. It's interesting, it says to be cleansed. Because previously it said he was healed, but some kind of cleansing still had to happen to him. Again, verse 7, and he shall sprinkle it seven times on him who is to be cleansed from the leprosy and shall pronounce him clean. And then, look at this, and then the priest shall let the living bird loose in the open field. And you just have this picture of this, this bird who was what? In captivity. <laughs> and he's loosed. And he just flies away and there's a freedom there. He's not weighed down anymore. He's no longer in captivity anymore. I got to tell you, if there's one thing that described my life prior to walking and, and giving my life to Jesus Christ, it was captivity. Captivity to fear just weighed down by fear. This bird is flying away. It's not weighed down anymore. I don't know about all of you, but before I was a Christian, I was absolutely in bondage to the fear of death. There was, sometimes weeks would go by, I was convinced that I was gonna die. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter two, verse uh, 14, it says, Uh, Jesus Christ came that by his death he would destroy him who has the power over death, that is the devil, and release, meaning free, those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage, subject to captivity. 
And so here's this bird. Who is this bird? It's you who have given your life to Jesus Christ. And your high priest, Jesus, has left you. There is freedom now. Jesus himself says in John chapter 8. Can we have that, Victoria? Thank you. Therefore, if the Son, this is Jesus speaking, and who is the Son? Shout it out. Jesus. Jesus. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Free from the law. Trying to imitate, uh, we talked about uh, during a, a couple weeks, trying to imitate Jesus rather than having him live through you. You imitate Jesus, that's just living the law. That's just living a system of morality. Uh, the law will crush you. So what, what's this freedom? What's this bird who's just taken off? He's no longer weighed down. Um, he's no longer weighed down by the law. He's no longer weighed down by anxiety. He's no longer weighed down by uh, depression. He's no longer weighed down by fear. Now are Christians still subject this side of heaven, this side of the kingdom, this side of the rapture? Are we still subject to depression, fear, and anxiety? Yeah, but we always, 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 every day, there is a path to freedom. If you have, I, I take this from personal experience, believe me. If you get depression, if you have fear, you have anxiety. The Lord has given you a path to being released like this bird and freed from it. May come back tomorrow. But tomorrow he's given you a path there. Sometimes it lay, takes a little time. You've got to seek the Lord. The Bible says, seek the Lord. You will find if you search with him with all your heart. That's not easy, seeking him with all your heart. But that's the path to freedom. That's the path to being let go. But this incredibly wonderful, beautiful picture of this bird just being left, let go. And it only happened after what? After the blood was sprinkled on it after the blood of Jesus was sprinkled on it. Anyone else blessed by this? I mean, this is just amazing. Verse 9, but on the seventh day, he shall shave all the hair of his head and his beard and his eyebrows. So that's, that may be more of a sanitary thing going on. All hair he shall uh, shave off. He shall wash his clothes and wash his body in water and he shall be clean. I was told actually studying for this message that leprosy can even be in the soil somewhere if there's lepers around. And so um, there's a, there's, there's, the, the bacterium that, 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 that is. And so here, that's probably that process. Verse 10, it says, And on the eighth day, he shall take two males, this is the cleansed leper, Two male lambs without blemish, one ewe lamb of the first year without blemish, three-tenths of an ephah of fine flour mixed with oil as a grain offering, and one log of oil. Then the priest who makes him clean shall present the man who is to be made clean. Now, did you hear, did you, did you, did you hear that? Did you, don't miss that. The priest who made him Clean. You don't make yourself clean. Jesus Christ, your high priest, makes you clean. <laughs> the priest who makes him clean shall present him, verse 11, the man who is to be made clean, and those things before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of meeting, meaning that's where the, the it's not the temple yet, but it, it's, the, it's the tabernacle which preceded the temple. That's where the presence of the Lord was. And the priest shall take one male lamb and offer it as a trespass offering and the log of oil and wave offering and offer them as a wave offering before the Lord. And so a wave offering, it's just one of those kind of offerings in the Old Testament. Leviticus actually goes through all the different offerings. They are all a foreshadowing of Jesus Christ. Leviticus chapter one, a burnt offering which is the, the whole offering, the whole uh, bull uh, is, is, is burned, meaning it's the whole life is given. A sin offering, a trespass offering. There's peace offerings, fellowship offerings. But a wave offering, what is that? It, it, the, the priest would just, basically it was a, a wave offering. The priest would take some of what's being offered and, and sort of wave it like this and it was a way of just dedicating the person to the Lord. 
Your life is about God now. It's, it, it's all of them fulfilled in Christ. Verse 13, then he shall kill the lamb in the place where he kills the sin offering and the burnt offering in a holy place. For as the sin offering is the priest, so is the trespass offering. It is most holy. Okay, now pay attention now because to some of you, some of this stuff's going to be real new. It's really new, but it's really great. I never tire of reading uh, the, this verse here. And there's a few times where this kind of thing is, is brought up. So this, the priest shall take some of the blood of the trespass offering. So some of the blood of the lamb. Some of the blood of the male lamb. Some of the blood of Jesus Christ. No, it's a foreshadowing. But, but that's, that's how you, it, you need to start thinking of. And it says in the, <clears throat> of the trespass offering, and the priest shall put it on the tip of the right ear of him who is to be cleansed on the thumb of his right hand and on the big toe of his right foot. He takes some of the blood. Remember, it's, it's water and blood. But he, he takes some of the blood and he, actually, it's not water and blood. This is the, the blood from the, from the lamb. So at this point, it's just blood. He puts some of it on the right ear, some of it on the thumb, some of it on the toe. What's happening here? He's being, what's happening here? His, his, his ear, his hearing is being made holy. His thumb or his hand are, are being made holy. His, his toe is being made holy. Or, or maybe a better way of putting it, the same or a more useful way of phrasing it is, it's being made ready. Being made ready to serve the Lord. Now, I don't know about you, but the stuff I put in my ear willingly, intentionally, was like poison prior to walking with the Lord. And something had to cleanse it. Or else I was not going to be made ready to be used. And I, I don't know about you, but for, for me, prior to, uh, uh, it, it says here, uh, some of the blood also got put on the thumb. Some of the things that I put my hand to were incredibly uh, you know, painful to me and to others. And I hurt people through what I put my hand to. And it says some of the blood went on the, uh, went on the, uh, went on the toe. And prior to Christ, the things that I walked into, the places that I walked into, which were just wicked, all they were were a, a, a screaming, loud offering to whatever, Satan and the world and everything that they represent. But here, because of the blood of Jesus. See, I can't, I can't do anything to make myself right by any of that, but the Lord did. Jesus Christ hanging in the dark, the voice of his, uh, of his Father's love having gone silent. When I got saved, when you got saved, when you, get, when you said to the Lord, and by the way, uh, when do you get saved? When you say in your heart, and, and you may not know the, the moment, the day, or sometimes not even the year when it happens, but when you say in your heart, okay, I'm giving my all to you. I'm no longer God. You are Jesus. I believe what you did with me on your heart. At that point, it says, it says yet your ears are made ready for a different life. Your thumb, your hands are made ready for a different kind of life. Your foot. Your toes are made ready for walking into very, very different places, glorious places. There's so many wonderful things we can put in our ears, Calvary Chapel. So much great stuff we can put into our ears. So much great stuff we can put our hands to. So much wonderful, wonderful, joy-filled stuff we can uh, uh, put our, you know, walk into places we can go. But let's continue. Because... It just keeps on getting better. It says, what about this log of oil? This is kind of un this is unique. This is like a Leviticus 14 thing. It says, and the priest shall take some of the log of oil and pour it into the palm of his own left hand. The priest shall dip his right finger in the oil that is in his left hand and shall sprinkle some of the oil with his finger seven times before the Lord. And the rest of the oil in his hand, the priest shall uh, put some of the, uh, 
the priest shall put some, some of the oil, on the tip of the right ear of him who is to be cleansed. He shall put some of the oil on the thumb of his right hand, and he shall put some of the oil on the big toe of his right foot. And then it says, on the blood of the trespass offering. So remember, there's blood on the ear, there's blood on the toe, and there's, there's, there's blood on the thumb. And then right on top of that, he puts the oil. Is that registering for anyone? In the book of Luke, chapter 24, after Jesus was crucified, before he was taken up to heaven, he said this. He's crucified now. The blood had been poured. Figuratively speaking, the people listening to him, he's talking to some people here, and figuratively speaking, they had blood on them already, the blood of salvation. They had it already on them. They were now ready. They had been made ready to live for God, but they were missing something. They were missing something without which they could not fulfill the call of God on their life. What was it? The Holy Spirit. And so Jesus says, right before he's taken up into heaven, I will, not, I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. And so we know from the book of Acts, also written by Luke chapter 2, that's exactly what heaven. The Holy Spirit was poured out on the blood. Meaning, on those blood-purchased bodies, those blood-purchased, love-saturated men and women, he poured out the Holy Spirit. And then all these people, yeah, who were filled with fear, filled with anxiety, hiding while Jesus was being crucified, went out with boldness. And then it says in verse 18, the rest of the oil that is in the priest's hand he shall put on the head of him who is to be cleansed. So the rest of the oil was poured out on the, uh, the cleansed leper. So the priest shall make atonement for him before the Lord. So let me conclude with this. And actually we can have the worship team come up at this point. When Jesus cleansed that leper in Mark chapter one, and then he told him, go and show yourself to the priest as a, and do what is required in the law of Moses, this is what Jesus told them, as a testimony to them, meaning to affect them, to get them thinking about God, to get those priests thinking about the Lord. Now we know from the book of Acts, a bunch of those priests wound up giving themselves to Jesus Christ at high cost. But let me tell you why it would have been such an incredible uh, thing for them to go through, those priests, remember, had to go through all this stuff in Le uh, Leviticus 14, apparently never had been done before. But this last thing, pouring out oil, on the head of the cleansed leper. In my reading, someone can email me and tell me if, uh, if I'm wrong. There's only one other place this was, is, is ever done in the law of Moses that I know of. Actually, there's only two other places that it's done in, 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 the, in the law of Moses. If you include the book, of, if you include the prophets after, one is they poured oil on the high priest's head and the second one is they poured oil on a king. And, and, and here, a, a leper comes, this person who had been despised. People, they say they used to throw rocks at lepers to get them to go away because it was contagious. They were unclean. They were considered cursed. The only got, reason this guy must have leprosy is because he did something wrong. And now they're pouring oil on his head, the same thing they do for a king or a high priest. how this must have moved their heart and really started breaking up that hardness of their heart, which is what 
my prayer is for all of us, for all of you, for me this morning, that the Lord would just break up the hardness and give us a soft heart because God loves you, Calvary Chapel, and you were created to love him back. So we're going to have communion now. The communion elements are underneath your seat. Hey, David, can you bring me a, 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 a communion? And I want you to rise at this point uh, for the worship song. And at just some point in the, uh, uh, during the worship song, I, I, I want you... I want you to take this communion. There's no laws, there's no rules about taking communion, how to do it. We're given a lot of freedom how it's done. So if you've never done these things, it took me 10 or 20 times to figure it out. There's two, there's two layers here. There's one plastic layer on the top for the bread, and then there's another one um, underneath that for, for the grape juice. What a wonderful time to be celebrating communion after reading this where the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood is what cleansed you for sins once for all. Victoria, do we have Ephesians, the, the Ephesians verse up there? I don't know. Do we have that at the end? Maybe not. So in the book of Ephesians, it says this. It says, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved you, with which he loved us. Even when you, we, were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive. He released us free like a bird in an open field. He made us alive together with Christ. It is by grace that you have been saved. It's Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5. The bread represents the broke body that was broken for you. Jesus' body was bruised and wounded for your sin for your leprosy, that deep leprosy that's deep within. It's more than your anger. It's more than your lies. It's more than your unforgiving behavior. It's more than your sexual immorality. It's more than your addiction to your career. It's deep within. It's that sin problem that you have, that leprosy. He died. His body was bruised for you. The, blood, the grape juice, the wine represents the new covenant in his blood. The old covenant was Leviticus 14. It's great to read. I'm just glad we don't have to do things like this anymore. But they had an advantage oftentimes where they saw the blood, you know, in the, in, in the burn offerings and the sin offerings. The person offering it would see the blood. And that can have a real effect on us, right? Or on a human being to see the blood. Well, that's why we're given communion. We're told to celebrate communion with some level of frequency to remember the blood because we don't want to forget it. We don't have the advantage of being right there and seeing what our sin caused on a lamb that was being offered, blood. But we do have the advantage and actually it's called a better covenant of communion. where the wine, the grape juice, represents what the better covenant that, that now the temple has been abolished as a physical building and you're now the temple of the Holy Spirit. You're the temple of God under the new covenant. Under this covenant, priests, the priesthood abolished. Now you have one priesthood. It's Jesus Christ. You can go directly into the throne of grace. And the blood purchased all that. So sometime during this communion, rather during this worship song, 
at any point. Just have communion. Take the, 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 the bread, the wafer that represents his body and the grape juice that represents his blood. So let's go with that. Grace alone, somehow I used to